So let's make it really concrete. So as an example, somebody who works in food service, maybe they're a chef, uh, maybe they're a restaurant manager, it doesn't, doesn't matter, but somebody who works in food service realm, perhaps their calling is to feed others. They don't have to be the best. They don't have to be, you know, beard award-winning chefs or, um, or somebody who's got a Michelin five stars. All that we're talking about is um, just what it is that brings meaning to that kind of work. And at the same time, you know, here's uh, item number four. It also is helpful, as you mentioned earlier, to think about what sucks the lifeblood out of you. What is the opposite? What... <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure that a few things spring to mind about what doesn't feel fulfilling, what makes you miserable, what situations, especially at work, but also in your hobbies, in your daily life, what are those that look, what are, and how do they look like? Who are you engaging with that make you miserable that, you know, think about the opposite of fulfilling, you know, sometimes, you know, honestly and compassionately reflecting on where you failed or where you're not fulfilled, where you're not happy can be especially enlightening. Well, I've got a story there. <laughs> so, story time. Ha happens, happens to be my, my husband as well, who is a math teacher. But when he was doing this, his process for, okay, he knew he wanted to be a teacher, but what level? And this is a big question for teachers, right? Because if you're not teaching at the university level, then you've got all K to, through 12 to, to pos as possibilities. And they're very different. Oh, oh boy, are they different, right? Teaching high schoolers is very different from teaching well, fifth graders, and that's even different from teaching kindergartners. And he had actually thought that he might be interested in teaching kids at the lower level uh, elementary. So we had a friend uh, across the street, neighbor actually, who was a kindergarten teacher. And so he went to, um, he had planned to visit the kindergarten for two or three days in one week, just to, you know, get sort of get a flavor. What do you do? How are the kids developmentally? Where are they? Um, and um, he went the first day and he said he was never going back. And I said, what? You're, oh, you're not gonna, ouch. You're not going to go teach? And that he said, no, no, no. I'm not going back to a kindergarten classroom. And do you know why? <laughs> uh, let me list off the ways. They had to count from one to a hundred. And they got to about 30 and he thought he was going to claw his eyes out. <laughs> now, keep in mind, he's a math teacher now. So it wasn't the numbers. It wasn't people being engaged at math at a particular level. It was just the fact that where they are, kindergartners, at that moment in their development, they just need to practice counting. And that was not where he was going to be. So this isn't just, it just popped in my mind about thinking about things that make you miserable. This was his way to engage with, okay, I think I have a calling to teach. How is this going to work? Oh, okay. Clear message, not kindergartners, not youngsters. In fact, he teaches middle school now and has also taught at, high, at the high school level. But um, so clearly kindergartners were not his thing. I'd like to give a shout out to all those elementary school math teachers and elementary school teachers in general. Wow. We are all in awe. We really are. That is, whew, dang. Um, so back to the uh, topic at hand. So spend some time 
thinking about what you don't enjoy or doesn't feel fulfilling. Uh, another example, I am really good at accounting, but I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Oh. Hate it. So consider the experiences at work and maybe it's different parts of your job. Maybe it's different parts of your role. Um, maybe it's different parts of your, um, you know, your activities. And what is ignited passion and what has, you know, basically thrown a wet blanket on those, uh, on that fire. And, and don't think just about jobs. Think about the environment, the setting, the coworkers, industries, be expansive. So there are many people out there who may have gone down particular career paths um, in order, frankly, to make somebody else happy. Um, and I don't know if this is you out, you know, wh whoever's listening right now, but um, it's not an uncommon conversation that, um, as an example, we have with with students. So um, we want to make, make sure that as you're considering this, you you realize that just because someone else has recommended it, it may not be something that you actually enjoy or even connect with. Like Tom Plant uh, was talking about with all of his, or not all of his students, but a, a a couple of his students where That's they right. were listening to somebody else who said, you're really good at this. You should be an X, Y, or Z. And they didn't connect with it. And it ends up for really poor outcomes for them in the end. And I'm not talking about job outcomes. I'm talking about satisfaction and motivation and a sense of fulfillment and meaning um, because it, it isn't something that they connect with. Definitely. Okay. So similarly, that means that, our number five step, step then is to quiet the external voices, right? We don't want to chase after what we think we ought to do. Wait, am I talking too loud? Shh. Oh, no, no. You're just quieting the external voices. Yes. Okay. So. Sorry. It's easy to fall back on what everyone else says we should do <laughs> or what others are doing. And but some of those external voices are really us. loud. And some of those external voices are really powerful. And so many people have an opinion. I mean, everyone has an opinion, if you ask. Everybody has an opinion. And they want to let you know what their opinion is. So wait a second here. Um, there's a tension. I, I want to highlight this. Uh, earlier, we said that we you should listen to others. And now we're saying basically quiet them and, and almost ignore them. Uh, what gives here? Well, okay, it's a fair question. I, I think that we need to listen to a certain extent to hear what others perceive as our gifts, but we don't want to let those voices actually dictate our path, right? We're hearing from others because sometimes we don't, we don't know unless we hear from them what things we're good at, what special things we have to offer the world. But in the end, each person needs to determine a match between what they're hearing internally and authentically and the feedback that other people have given us. So we listen to see what's resonant. We listen to see what makes a connection with what we're hearing in our internal voices for ourselves, but not let those external voices, that feedback, in fact, define what is authentically true for us. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, and if you've been paying attention, you've kind of seen an arc here where we've started very expansive with time and listening, and now we're getting more and more... Um, uh, discreet or definite in this process. Um, the next thing, number six, is 
you know, being careful about those internal voices. Um, and this is, uh, again, it seems contradictory because we just said, okay, now you have to listen to yourself. But now we're saying, wait a second, um, let's refine this. It's not that we're saying, okay, don't listen altogether, but we want to be careful and refine um, what we're or how we're hearing those voices. So this is in part because we know we're hearing a bunch of other people telling us what to do. We also hear or see aspirational aspects of callings, other people's callings that we may identify with. And a lot of times we'll just come back and say, oh, well, I should be this. I should do that. I should be this. And one of my favorite sayings is, don't should all over yourself. I did not <gasps> swear. So don't should all over yourself. Uh, seriously, though, we got to listen to this because you can spend all day telling yourself that you're not good enough and that you never will be because you should be somebody else. That's not helpful. So if we're really yearning into calling or finding our calling, we need to be honest and really listen to ourselves. That is not easy. It is. It is hard, especially if we think we have an idea of who we are, even if we're actually unhappy in that role. So Jennifer, you use the example of being an accountant, a good accountant, but you, you hated it. Um, th there are plenty of other examples of this. Parker Palmer, in fact, um, thought that his calling was to be a prominent scholar. But in the end, he found that he was miserable in that role um, and ended up pivoting. And it's not that he turned away from what he had been doing completely because he writes a lot still and he's engaged in conversation, but he's not the sort of traditional scholar that he thought he was going to be. So most people, many people might just sort of stick to that this is who I am. Role. That's exactly. And, and trying to make it work out, um, especially because, you know, we've got some costs there, right? We've just done so much, invested so much in that one place, space or role profession. And, you know, for example, I went to school for a gazillion years for this career, and now I figure out I don't want to do it. Well, you know, in Parker Palmer's example, he realized that he needed to rethink his, where his gifts were and where they could be best be used in order for him to be happy, in order for him to feel fulfilled. And, as it, you know, listening to yourself and realizing, okay, um, I now have to tell people that I was wrong, that I'm going mm -hmm. back and not doing what I told people that I was going to do. It's not the, you know, it's, it's very easy to say, okay, I'm going to be a prominent scholar in X, Y, or Z. Um, but then re to realize, no, I don't like it, and I'm going to tell people that I'm not going to do it is hard, and it's it's painful. Um, you're almost having to change your own identity at that point. But it's – I hope that people hear that it's worth it, though. Yes. Right? Because it's worth it well, if, if to it's then not be able to live are. in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's actually a, a moment – I, I would dare say that it's a gift, right? To be able to yeah. give yourself the freedom to be and live in to your gifts and your authentic self. And, and then all things sort of line up there. Oh, oh, nicely done. Because that brings us to our last uh, area, number seven, alignment. And I kind of think of this. Oh, you were going to say something? No, go ahead. Ah, go okay. run with it. Um. Well, no, I, w I was thinking how you said about gift and 
how this we started off with figuring out what your own gifts are and what how these play into the the grand scheme of things but as we decide and, and really investigate this calling idea and go through this process and then finally come to the idea of alignment and considering where everything lines up this is a gift to yourself you might not be able to think of a, a specific job that fits, but when you think about where your gifts, your skills, your interests, your community align, you are giving yourself a gift of fulfillment. I like that. I'll, I'll take the gift of fulfillment. Thank you very much. Okay. So take You're the welcome. time. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Okay. Take the time. Slow down. Observe what you enjoy and quiet the outside voices while attending to your inner one. And then finally see where all of these line up. I really hope that folks see that they don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, golly. Kind of rough on the kid. Jeepers. Poor thing. <laughs> you might have a role right now that entails 20% of incredibly fulfilling work and 80% of complete drudgery. So perhaps the question for someone in that situation is not what my brand new role needs to be, but how you could take the current one and just adjust those percentages a little bit, right? Are there opportunities for delegation? Are there opportunities for adjustments that could happen within your organization, within your team, so that you uh, can get that better alignment with your calling? And you can give yourself the gift of having a more fulfilling position, a more fulfilling day. And perhaps this can lead to better things in terms of your own performance, and your own happiness. Thank you all for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode of The, the Mac, Mac and Wooly Show. Show.